morning, traders. Happy Monday to you. Hope you're having a great day. On today's Outlier Live, where we cover the biggest news stories of the day, first, there is some major drama going on over in Congress and the Senate right now about stock trading bans. And there is a severe crash on the horizon. So get ready for that on today's Outlier Live. Oh, Congress and Senate and the Senate are about to get real hot and spicy with some drama lately. There is a new stock trading ban that's been proposed by Senator Josh Hawley, and there are some really, really upset colleagues of his who are about to lose a ton of money. And if you're just tuning in, my name is Christopher Ewell, and we cover the biggest headlines of the day and what the AI trading data says about it. And if you're interested in that too, be sure to definitely hit the subscribe button down below. And start trading with AI today. Go to ovtlyr.com to see why outliers win. Now, to the biggest story of the day, Senators Gillibrand and Hawley introduced a landmark bill to ban stock trading and ownership by Congress, the executive branch, and their families, right? So we're not going to circumvent this by saying, oh, we're just going to let our husband make the trades. We're just going to let our daughter make the trades. No, 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 no. They, they knew that the politicians would be sneaky and oily enough to figure that out. So they wanted to make sure that that had no chance of happening. The bill bans stock trading, stock ownership, and blind trust, imposes heavy penalties for executive branch stock trading, and requires reporting of federal benefits, creates additional transparency, and increases transaction reporting penalties. Basically, they're saying, listen, if you want to trade stocks, you can't be doing it while a member of the House of Congress, as a senator, or as a president, or anybody else in this world. We don't want you trying to screw over the American public like you've been doing for ages, right? Sunlight is the best disinfectant. And it's critical that the American people know that their elected leaders are putting the public first and not just looking for ways to line their own pockets. But that's been the thing with politicians forever, right? I want to get in office so that I can figure out a way to control the system. And when I control the system, I make the rules. And when I make the rules, I make the money. That's basically what the politicians have always been like. And we've all seen it. But now... We're finally getting someone in the politician's sphere to start pushing back against them and saying, we're not taking this anymore. We want you to work for the American people, not for your millions and millions of dollars. In fact, uh, Diane Feinstein, who just recently passed away, her net worth was over $100 million. She owned four private mansions, I believe I saw, and a $62 million jet. She owned a jet, one jet, from one family for $62 million. And she had been a senator until she was 90 or something whenever she passed away. We don't need politicians like that. We need politicians who are getting in there and doing what the American people need us to do. And that is not basically stealing money out of the stock market to put in their pockets. Article goes on to say it prohibits stock members, the president, I'm sorry, pro prohibits members of Congress, the president, vice president, senior executive branch members and their spouses and dependents from holding or trading stocks and failure to comply means heavy penalties of even at least 10% of the value of the prohibited investments. So if somebody decided to get, get a little bit tricky, somebody decided, you know what, 
if I can't do it, I'm gonna let my wife do it. And they're like, oh, I can't do this. Well, if, if my wife can do it, maybe my son can do it. Oh, maybe I can't do this. But but maybe, maybe I can find a way to have my cousin do it, right? But if they still get caught, they're gonna get 10% of that as a penalty, right? So let's say they invest a million dollars in something that they know is about to happen. They know is about to pop off. Maybe it's even worth it to them to keep that investment if they only lose 10%, but they're gonna make 20% on the investment. That's the way that these politicians' minds work. They don't think, oh, I'm going to be discouraged because I'm going to lose 10%. They think, hmm, is 10% worth the cost? So I don't know if the stock trading ban is even going to work because that's the kind of people that you're dealing with here, right? But the vast majority of Americans believe stock trading should be banned for members of Congress and top executive branch officials. Uh, at least 63% of Americans support banning stock trading for members of Congress and their families, as well as the president and all the other top officials in the government. And I do too. Right? We've seen this time after time. In fact, let's talk about our friend Nancy Pelosi. Right? How did Nancy Pelosi make her money? Well, as Speaker of the House, she earns $223,000 a year, which is a great salary. But somehow, she's worth over $100 million. Let's, let's do quick math real quick. Right? All right, let's say $100 million. 1, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0. That's a lot of zeros. Divided by two, two, three, five hundred. That would take that would take Nancy, if she did nothing else but her job, four hundred and forty-seven years. Now, granted, she does look like a four hundred and forty-seven-year-old vampire, but it would take her four hundred and forty-seven years of working to earn a hundred million dollars. Yet, she's probably made even more than that in the last couple years because of all the stock trading she's done. Uh, let's see. According to this, a watchdog group, uh, Nancy Pelosi had a net worth of $114 million in 2019. And it wouldn't be surprised at all if she had twice that much in 2023. Uh, now, earlier this year, when the proposal for this stock trading ban started, uh, she actually came out and she was one of the most vocal people saying, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. No, I don't, I don't really see the reason. What's the point of banning this, right? She is quoted as saying, we have a free market economy. They should be able to participate in that, right? We have a free market economy. If I got the job where I make the rules, then I should be able to participate in making the money. And then, after very strong negative reaction from the public, she later later begrudgingly agreed to even consider the ban. And she says, I'll do it if other people want to. But no, she's not going to do it. She doesn't want to. Why would she want to, right? When she's the one who makes the rules, or she's one of the people who helps make the rules, that, the, that thereby helps make the money. Yeah, I don't think she's making any concessions or maybe she is because she's like 107 years old and she doesn't need any more money. But let's take a look at what the AI trading data says about the S&P 500, which actually got a sell signal back on September 18th. And by following these signals, uh, we've generated a 98.64% return using these signals. So if you want to get access to this data and these signals, go to ovtlyr.com to see why outliers win. Now let's go see what the internet, what the comments are saying about this, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, I marked a few here. The idea is meaningful, and for that reason, it has no chance, right? The idea is awesome, but because it is a great idea, there's no way the politicians are going to let it happen. They make a killing with all the insider info they got. And in fact, I, I don't know the laws, but I did hear something. This is just hearsay that says, like, 
you are not allowed to do insider trading, right? If you know something's about to happen, you are not allowed to go and buy up the stock or sell the stock or whatever the case is uh, to front run what the news is going to be. But politicians are actually exempt from that. So they can literally do this and not be charged under federal law, whereas you and I, the regular people, we're freaking screwed. It makes no sense, right? Nancy Pelosi has an annual salary of 193, which we know is not exactly right. And she managed to increase her net worth by $290 million through stock trades and, lot and lobbying, right? And, and of course, like we just did the math earlier, that would take basically 500 years for her to do. And that is not something that the majority of people are willing to tolerate. The fact that they are putting in their days of work not getting paid appropriately, yet they see these type of politicians just absolutely murdering the game, taking all the money out of the market, and at the same time, not helping the American public like they're looking for. There's a huge crash, a huge crash on the horizon for corporate real estate, and it shouldn't surprise anybody, but it is going to take down a whole lot of people who are holding that corporate real estate debt. Hey, my name is Christopher Yule, and if you're just tuning in, we cover the biggest headlines of the day and what the AI trading data says about it. And if you're interested in that too, be sure to definitely hit the subscribe button down below and start trading with AI today. Go to ovtlyr.com to see why outliers win. So a severe crash is coming for the U.S. office properties, investors say. And it makes total sense, right? Back in the day, commuting to the office was normal. Back in the day, people got on the subway, People drove two hours to work each day. People gave up their lifestyle to go and get their paycheck. But not anymore, right? Thanks to COVID, the ability to work from home skyrocketed. And the people who are working from home realized, I'm getting more work done. I'm more efficient. I'm enjoying my job more. I'm enjoying my life more. Why would I ever give this up? And then you've got managers who are really sitting on both sides of the fence. And those managers are saying, you know, on the one hand, we're getting so much done. Nobody actually is complaining like they used to. Office morale seems to be high. And yet we have really no breakdown in productivity. And then you've got the other managers who are saying, I need butts and chairs. I need to be able to physically see these office workers getting things done. And they're at big, big odds with that. But the truth is, is that the workers who are doing the work, the ones who are actually making these white collar jobs, um, they don't want to go back into work because they've really built a lifestyle around working from home, being efficient, being productive, and living a lifestyle that they really are comfortable with. But the problem is that the employers, right? The people who invested in this corporate real estate structure they are looking at this like, ooh, we've, we've got a big problem on our hands. In fact, I believe it was JP Morgan is actually calling people back into the office and um, having like crazy monitoring systems where they're literally monitoring with a camera the people at their own desk in the office to see how productive they are. And the whole goal with that is to keep them their butts in the seat so that their commercial real estate values don't start to plummet, right? Because... If nobody's going to the office, then the office buildings themselves are going to become worthless. What's the point of having an office building if all of your workers are working remotely? So they're trying to call people in to keep the values of those propped up, but that's not going to help them, right? Uh, office prices are due to crash, and the commercial real estate 
is about to, uh, hang on, the office prices in the U.S. are due for a crash, and the commercial real estate market faces at least another nine months of declines. That's what I was trying to say. Even greater majority of these commercial real estate prices won't hit bottom until the second half of 2024. That's bad news for a $1.5 trillion of commercial real estate debt that, according to Morgan Stanley, is due before the end of 2025. So what does that mean? There's a ton. There's $1.5 trillion of commercial real estate debt that's being financed. And a lot of that is going to need to be refinanced before 2025. But the problem with that is that they were all created in a post-2008 era where rates were artificially low for a decade or more. So... With rates now approaching seven, eight, or even higher percentage points, the people who took out the loans for this commercial real estate, they're not going to be able to make enough money to pay for that um, for that refinancing that they're going to need to do. So not only is the property value going down, let's say if it started at a million dollars for this piece of property, now it's down to six fifty. If you could even find a buyer at six fifty, but now they're going to have to refinance it. And they probably still owe most of that million dollars. And their financing costs has basically tripled. The companies that have this debt are in huge, huge trouble. We're going to have to sell these at a loss is what they're thinking. And nobody wants to sell at a huge loss. The properties that don't need to be sold for a long period of time, they're not going to, right? They're going to delay holding that sale off as long as they can. Offices are struggling with tenants, cutting back or moving out. And office workers are much more reluctant to badge in in the United States. And about 20% of respondents moved further away during COVID, but only 3% say they regretted it. In fact, my neighbors across the street, um, as soon as COVID happened, they moved straight from California here to Texas. And everybody moved to Texas, it seemed like, recently. And it really was because how much work can they get done here in Texas, where the cost of living is lower, real estate's lower, everything is better off. Then in California, basically all of them, all of them can do the same job here because the internet still works between here and there. And only 3% of the people who up and move for a better lifestyle are regretting it. And I don't blame them. I think that this is honestly the way of the future and it makes total sense to me. Let's take a look at what the AI stock trading data says about Wells Fargo, who holds a ton of real estate in their portfolio. Uh, we got a sell signal back on September 27th for Wells Fargo. And so if you are a Wells Fargo um, stockholder, you may be looking for a time to get out. Now might be that time. And if you want to get access to these AI trading signals, go to ovtlyr.com to see why outliers win. Now let's go see what the internet says about this, right? Um, right, it, it, this, this article that we're talking about here. But people are saying... Um, Lots of empty offices. Uh, they are building them and staying empty. Investors get ready to lose your shirts, right? Now, this person says, is it possible to turn this into flats or apartments? And uh, this is what another people saying, right? Maybe they could convert them into condos or senior living facilities. And I don't think that's a bad idea. But the idea is a little bit harder to execute because of zoning, because of regulations, because of all the red tape with the government. But it's actually a really great idea. We've got a lot of people who need affordable housing, especially with rates going up as high as they are. Maybe we could take these empty office buildings and put them into something new and useful like affordable housing. Hey, if you like this video, YouTube thinks you're going to love one of these two. Thanks for tuning in to today's Outlier Live. I'll see you on the next episode.